Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, it's the dream that will never die. Is Buddy Heald that much closer again to being a Laker? That's next on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, sometimes on weekends, certainly when news breaks. We've always got fresh Lakers content available for you. Uh, Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you go to get the podcast, to see the podcast, and often uh, can get it a couple hours uh, ahead of the the straight audio product, plus lots of uh, fun visual gags, uh, including this one, Andy. I love what you've done with the place. Uh, the last time we spoke, um, it, we, you had just moved. And um, I, I can see you've been very busy decorating. Yeah, um, it looks like I have the world's crappiest green screen behind me right now. <laughs> I, I, look, you if know. Green screens were beige. <laughs> this yeah. Is what, what it would look like. I mean, look, man, moving takes a while. Getting everything set up takes a while. And you got to do the most immediately pressing stuff first. And uh, we have we have designated putting stuff on the walls last, which I think makes sense in a practical uh, approach. But in terms of this particular show, does not bring much to the table. You should just like hang a tapestry behind you or something like a like a like one of those steal your face type things, like you might have in college. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to get to this Buddy Healed thing because it's somehow some way, shape, or form. Buddy Healed seems like he's going to. Uh, either be tied to or even land on the Lakers. Um, th this trade proposal will never seem to die. So we'll get to that in in a second here. But um, while I was uh, on vacation, the news broke, Andy, that the the triumvirate of Russell Westbrook, uh, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis on the Lakers actually had spoken. Chris Haynes from uh, Yahoo reports that in the first week of summer league. These guys actually got on the phone and talked to each other. And now I, I read this quickly. Again, I'm on vacation. I'm seeing, I was like, oh, okay. Everybody got together, the subtweeting after Russ and his agent break up. All these things are happening. And these guys got together and it was like, too much. Uh, you know, we, we got to bring it back together. We got to start over again. And then, no, uh, you, you, when we were talking about it, you, you pointed out that no, this, this conversation happened in the first week of summer league. And now I've got more questions than I did when I left for vacation. <laughs> yeah. A couple things jumped out. First of all, Haynes ended up uh, reiterating what Dan Wojcicki from the LA times had reported right after the statement from Thad Fouché, uh, Russell Westbrook's longtime agent that he parted with. Um, I believe it was last week that Russell Westbrook, at least to the point of Chris Haynes reporting still had not formally requested a trade. So for the time being, to the best of everybody's collective knowledge, at least through media reports, Russell Westbrook has not actually asked out. And as you pointed out, it may not matter. since Right, but it's, it's, it's a, that to me, I mean, I get it. And I understand why it's news and why it's not. Because look, the, Russell Westbrook would not be the first athlete to be so ludicrously unself-aware 
as to believe that like his demanding a trade isn't the equivalent of you know announcing that water is wet this week it's like he doesn't have you know, like he ought to understand that he doesn't have to no but demand the trade but that doesn't mean he wouldn't do it you're right, right. and and i do think it actually is instructive just in trying to figure out russ's headspace that he hasn't done it i mean whether you think it's because he's grounded enough to realize he doesn't have to or it just means he has not gotten pissed off enough yet that he hasn't said trade me either way i think that information is if nothing else a look inside what is going on, no matter how much you think it actually matters or not. The other thing, though, Brian, that I thought was really interesting is just the idea of this call taking place during the first weekend of Summer League, which was the weekend of the infamous freeze-out between LeBron and Russ. They're both at the Lakers Summer League games, both sitting in different parts of courtside seating and not interacting at all, like to the point of not even seemingly making eye contact. What I want to know is, did this call take place before the freeze-out, which would indicate that this call did not smooth out much, if anything, between, if not the three of them, certainly Russ and LeBron, or did the call happen after the freeze-out, which I guess could have instigated the need for a call in the first place? Yeah, or, and then, like, but, like, how does the, the, the you know, we talked about the, the, the tweet from Rich Paul and then the and then the 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 reply from LeBron um, regarding Russ's breakup with his agent and and some of the stuff that was just in that still I mean I still cannot get over uh, that that Fouché put that out just because it is it is unprecedented you know what was said in that letter to the point that we actually read the entire statement uh, on the show for Monday and look no matter what you think of Russ not great form by Thad Fouché. I mean, no, I, I would agree. I, I I think I understand that, but like it. it, it a it, side it, note, <laughs> right? The 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 reaction to that from from uh, from Rich Paul and LeBron, which certainly seemed to be uh, directed at Russ, um, and uh, you know a little bit of a of a subtweet and a troll there. If that came after the call as well. It makes me wonder how effective that call was or how lasting that call well, was. Or, I mean, look, depending on how things went with the call, if it was positive in any way, and this was something uh, Alex Regla brought up to, uh, uh, to me from Silver Screen and Roll when he was on during Tuesday's show, there is a chance, and I don't know if I buy this interpretation, but I don't think it's outlandish, that those guys, uh, LeBron and Rich Paul, were actually commenting on Thad Fouché putting out all of Russ's business in the streets. Like, like the idea of like, damn, that's a bridge too far. No matter what either one of us thinks about Russ as a teammate or somebody that you play with or whatever, like that's pretty cold. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You could look at it that way. You could also look at it as, you know, wow, cold firing your agent for telling you the truth. Like there's and a lot of different, you ways. know, this is the point of the conversation that we had on Monday, which is, these guys all understand that vague tweets lead to conversation. Um, and what, what I'm trying to figure out is what this looks like. Because I was critical of LeBron on Monday's show for some of the stuff that he has seemingly done the way he has seemed to handle. If you took that, you know, the tweet, for example, as a, a shot at Russ, 
Like he's not helping. Like he is not helping the Lakers situation, all that kind of stuff. It is worth noting that Russ took some serious shots at LeBron and the Lakers and AD and all that in his exit interviews. Oh, he was straight out of pocket during his exit interview. There's no way around it. And so, like, I it's not one person's job here, but I I have I am no more firm on what is going on with the relationship between these guys uh, now than I was before I went on my trip. And um, I, I, I think it, it kind of matters. So I, I have a couple questions for you after the break because where this goes from here in the stretch of time that the Lakers look like they might still have Westbrook on the roster, depending on the trade environment and all that. And I know that's stuff that you've talked about uh, over the course of the week, um, how exactly they work their way through this and what this looks like for potentially six weeks or something while we all sit and stew on it. So I want to ask you some questions about that next. Lockdown Lakers brought to you by Built Bar, the bakers slash scientists slash geniuses over at Built Bar. They always are looking for new ways to spin forward some of your favorites, the classics, the, the creations that you love. And they took, for example... The coconut brownie chunk added some marshmallows, and boom, you got yourself now a coconut brownie chunk puff. It's the coconut brownie chunk built bar that you love. Always got the 100% real chocolate, but they've added marshmallow to it. You've got this fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness, but it's good for you. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and always made with the collagen protein. That's the good stuff. That's the stuff that your body absorbs more efficiently. It's got great health benefits to it, and it tastes great. It's awesome for a snack on the go. If you got a craving, if you got you know, keep the kids out of your hair, all that stuff, that is where you go with the Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. They're only here for a limited time, so go to Built.com right now. Make sure you don't miss out. Order a box of them. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCK15, 15% off at Built.com. Okay, so Andy, my question is this. So Haynes writes in his story, while the uncertainty of Westbrook's future with the Lakers remains, the conversation was organized you know, to make sure all three were on the same page as long as they're joined together in their pursuit of a championship, sources said. Short book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, it, it, Haynes talks about some of the things that Darvin Ham has said and, and potential role changes and, and all this other stuff, which I, I think we, we were going to try to get into for tomorrow's show because it raises all kinds of of interesting questions about what this team could look like if Westbrook is still here. Do you believe that this relationship that, you know, that we're really talking, I think as much as anything, the dynamic between LeBron and Russ, uh, because I think Anthony Davis, while super important here, probably is, is a little more secondary. Maybe, maybe that's being unfair to AD. Um, I think, I think personality-wise, AD is he's less, I think, confrontational than LeBron is. But mm-hmm. also, I think at the end of the day, he rides with LeBron. So he may not be feuding with Russ, so to speak, if LeBron and Russ are feuding to the degree that it outwardly seems like they are. But at the end of the day, I think AD is going to stay in LeBron's corner, and that's not going to change. So... Right. All and, and as and which may, by the way, makes sense given that yeah. uh, you know the 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 the, lo- the longer relationship here potentially certainly is Anthony Davis and LeBron. It's not Anthony Davis and Russ. 
Well, dude, um, it makes sense because if you got to choose between the two of them, you're choosing LeBron. Like, right. don't, don't overthink this, man. <laughs> it's, it, it ain't that complicated. Yeah, touche. Um, so, do you, if they came out tomorrow, LeBron puts out a statement and says, you know, we're cool, you know, whatever. Would you buy that? You emojis at this point? Afterwards. Yeah, whatever. However, he does it in crowns and emojis and, you know, fires and all kinds of things. But like, <laughs> fires. <laughs> <laughs> Would you buy it? Like, I, I, I am so, I, I, because I, I don't think I would. I, I, I don't, I don't think I would. <laughs> I just don't think I would. I mean, this is, this is the answer I would give you. Define okay. Define good. Do I think the relationship will be what they either want it to be or claim it to be? Not likely, at least not this early. It obviously could grow into something better. You know, I mean, when when the Lakers brought back Phil Jackson, for example, I remember at the time being like, there is no way that you can bring Phil Jackson back to Coach Kobe like a year removed from the breakup that they had and all the stuff that Phil Jackson said about Kobe in, in that book that he put out and the heat that Kobe was still taking in some ways rightly, in some ways totally unfairly, for having broken up the three-peat team. I was like, there, there's no way that can work. And it pretty quickly began working. And I think in part it was because I think Kobe came to realize what he had in Phil once Phil was gone. I think also Kobe was in a place where he had to make this work. And also Phil came out right. later and said he felt bad for the position Kobe was in because he felt like he played a large role in shaping that perception of Kobe that became negative in ways that Phil even said, I don't think this is entirely fair and I bear some blame for this. And you and I, from covering that period closely, we've always said that that period, if it taught us one thing, it's that any potential situation can be salvaged. Doesn't yes. mean it will be. But it's pretty hard to, I think, chalk up anything as totally unsalvageable. So I think it depends on how are you defining are they good. My last question on this, and we'll get to the healed thing. Do you, do you think it's better? Because the Lakers have gone, uh, part of the problem with this, I, we, we alluded to it on Monday, but part of the problem with this whole thing is that the Lakers have gone out of their way to make it seem like their relationship as a franchise with Westbrook is good and we're resetting it and we're we're excited about Darvin Ham and Darvin is excited about Russ and like we are turning the page on last year's disaster and and proceeding with with this idea that Westbrook is going to be a, not just on the team but a positive force on this team and some people have have said that's the Lakers you know doing the leverage thing and as we pointed out <laughs> that's dumb <laughs> it doesn't give the i mean like it doesn't add lever like well you know what guys you know what we're just gonna keep him we're not gonna trade you russell westbrook uh we're just gonna yeah. keep him instead uh how's that what do you think it's like nobody's asking <laughs> it's like so, so, okay go ahead guys and keep him uh, i still i still 
giggle every time I hear somebody say, that's just the Lakers. The Lakers are just playing this smart, and it's all about leverage. Okay, fine. Believe that. Um, it's They're doing it because they think he might be on the team. And so is it better if they if, if these guys just sort of left it alone for a few weeks, or do you think it's better if like they did some sort of gesture? Like I, I feel like time maybe just everybody just stop talking. <laughs> I don't know. They show up together for a ribbon cutting at a like a at a local Ralph's. I don't know if you you know you see Russ eating at Blaze Pizza. I, I don't something. I don't know. But... Sipping sipping a snifter of Lobos. Right. <laughs> like, he's, he's, it'd be amazing if Russ is whenever sitting, I like... get to my personal couture. It's always while listening to Beats by Dre. Like, I don't know, something. He's got all of LeBron. He's wearing a Red Sox jersey. He's got all of LeBron's stuff. LeBron takes out a big loan from that bank Westbrook works with. I, I mean, whatever. Something. Let me tell you something. Like, I have not seen a movie as compelling as Hustle probably since the remake of Space Jam. <laughs> You understand my point, or is it? Would it be better to sort of go like put out, you know, like, like do something that's like a gesture that everybody could see and be like, "Look, um, we're all fine here," or should just everybody just stop talking for maybe six weeks? You know, honestly, I think there's a big difference between, and I was really just thinking about this as you were sort of presenting the question. I think there's a big difference between what the Lakers are putting out, you know, through media leaks that we know what this is about versus what Darvin Ham says. Because Darvin is saying all this stuff on the record and he's the one ultimately that has to deal most directly with Westbrook in ways that matter on the court because right. the average fan does not care if Russ is happy with this situation if his Laker if the Lakers are happy with the situation they care how is it working on the court. And Darvin Ham, for what it's worth, as much as I readily acknowledge he is doing the company man thing. Well, it's, it's, not not, just, it's not just the company man thing. It's also the thing that coaches do when sure. you know, until Russell Westbrook isn't on the team, he Darvin has to treat him like he's on the team. I no, I know that. But what I was going to say is I, I understand that these are the things that you have to do, the politics of it all. But Darvin does not come across insincere or you know, winking a bit, you know, in terms of the stuff that he's saying versus do you really right. think Darvin buys this? Darvin sells this stuff really enthusiastically. And he talks in very specific ways about his vision for Russell Westbrook and also the expectations for Russell Westbrook. If Westbrook doesn't buy it, that's ultimately on Russ. But I think there is a certain separation that I think should be acknowledged between what the Lakers are leaking and trying to project versus what Darvin says on the record as the guy and, and I think yeah. it matters a bit but, in terms of in terms of how in terms of what the Lakers should do. I don't I don't even necessarily care what the Lakers leak. No, I but, care but, about yeah. what it's dead. And and the and we we'll pick maybe we'll pick this up for Friday because I want to get to the heel thing next. Is is just it? I feel like what the Lakers are saying and anything Darvin says, and you know, it, it is it doesn't matter if ultimately. The LeBron and Russ 
thing dissolve if that deteriorates to a certain point it doesn't matter what what darvin says of course um and so it's, that's what i'm getting at. I, I mean less about the lakers and more about like these players you know you know, just shut up for a little while or i mean look if is i that's that's here's really why what I, at. here's what i think matters though here's why i think what darvin says and sort of darvin's approach matters if darvin can reach russ enough if russ is on this team and makes it work enough on the court Ultimately, who gives a crap if LeBron and Russ like playing with each other? If it works it, uh, well enough, it works well that's, enough. That's true. It's a one-year thing, man. All right. Uh, Buddy Heald rumors. They're back. They'll. Eh, did they ever really go anywhere? That's next. Okay, uh, Andy. So it was McMenamin, right, who reported that the Lakers are kick, the kick in the tires McMenamin over at ESPN, our former colleague, uh, Dave McMenamin, hey, great guy. Um and he was reporting that the Lakers are once again kicking the tires on a Buddy Heel deal uh, because they're not sure if this Kyrie Irving thing is going to happen. Um, yeah. So, your thoughts? I mean, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to the um, we'll get to the 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 sort of Kyrie or Buddy Healed or whatever in a second. And this would be a you know smaller deal. Ideally, I you know the Lakers would love to ship Russ out in any circumstance. Well, it could be, be larger because it, it, could, it be. could potentially include Miles Turner. And if it incur, right. includes Miles Turner, then with it has Buddy to Heald, include. Yeah. Even, even, well, even with the, yes, even with the cap space that Indiana has, they're going to have to take on Russ because the Lakers will be taking on too much uh, salary. Right. Um, and so, you know, but in theory, this could be something smaller. It's, you know, the THT, it would be THT, Kendrick Nunn and a, a, um, you know, probably a minimum deal. You know, I think Dave floated when and Gabriel or whoever it might be, you just mathematically. And then sort of roster wise, Gabriel would make a lot of well, sense. Well, he's also not like, guaranteed from Indy's perspective. Right. So let one of the things that I think is interesting about this, the Lakers 100% for whether it's buddy healed, whether it's miles Turner and buddy healed, whether it's, uh, healed or Kyrie Irving or whatever it is it is abundantly clear to me at least the Lakers cannot possibly contend in the Western Conference as currently constructed because they do not have enough shooting like I I I I I cannot I cannot say with even some degree of confidence or whatever that I would say like yeah they got a puncher they do not they cannot contend in a playoffs in the West with this little shooting on the roster. Yeah. I was listening to the Lakers nation podcast with uh, Trevor Lane and those guys. And Trevor pointed out that if you took all the guys on the team currently right now and went, I, I believe it was with their most recent percentages, the Lakers would be dead last in the league um, it's, and, by a mile, by a and mile. They, and they keep coming up with a problem that I always point out which is LeBron remains one of, if not their best three-point shooter. And you want to space the floor for LeBron. You don't want LeBron spacing the floor for everybody else. It's just, and so, it, look, I've, I've heard people say, you know, Lonnie Walker, you know, they point to his early, early career and, you know, he, you know, he, he showed some potential from three-point range. And Troy Brown, if you squint a little bit, you know, you can see, a little bit of three-point potential there. And, and this, that, whatever. The Thomas Bryant, pre-injury. 
yeah, sure. Thomas Bryant pre-injury, you know, he might actually be their best three-point shooter. You know, if they're going to be as bad as a group as they are currently constructed, where multiple players would have to shoot over their career percentages for them to be competent from three-point range. It, you better be so damn good at, at, at something else. And there's nothing, you know, I, maybe they could get out and run a little bit, this group. You know, that's I think that's certainly the idea. But they don't profile as a great defensive team. They don't necessarily profile as a great offensive team. Uh, they profile as a team that will want to run, but that doesn't automatically translate into great offense. Like, th- there's there's not a yeah but with this group where if they can't find some shooting it's it's going to work and so with that in mind you know buddy healed is a major volume shooter like he is a legit three-point shooter that people respect and all that um, who shoots a ton of threes and has gravity so it seems to me like the lakers are basically just in a position where they have to decide how long they can wait to try to make that shooter Kyrie because Kyrie is a better player than Buddy Heald. Uh, he's a better player than Miles Turner who's coming off a foot injury, by the way. But they don't control that timeline. So they have to find shooting somewhere. And they, 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 they only have the ability really to influence one half of, of this trade equation. I don't know if trading for Heald means they can't get Kyrie you know, maybe they could piece something together, but it certainly makes it harder, I would think. Well, not necessarily. I mean, it depends on whether or not it's a larger package involving Miles Turner. If it's just Buddy Heald, they still will have Russell Westbrook as the potential salary that they, you know, that they If you don't have either. to give up any picks in here. Right. If you don't. I mean, they, it it's going to be complicated for Rob Palinka to get Kyrie Irving on this team to me. Regardless, you know, A, it's complicated because, and Adam Armbrecht from Locked on Nets on Wednesday's show confirmed my suspicion of this and also a lot of other reports, which is that until the Nets have clarity on Kevin Durant, they are not going to move Kyrie Irving. I mean, other than maybe getting an offer that is so spectacular that either because it's going to give them players that will help Kevin Durant immediately or like the return in young players and draft picks is just so incredible that it would be irresponsible as a franchise not to do this, regardless of KD's situation. They're not going to move Kyrie until then. So in and that's not respects, any but, trade the Lakers could possibly offer. Exactly. The, the, the Lakers don't have nearly enough stuff to engineer this 1-1, much less in a multi-deal, uh, multi-team deal where they have to generate even more things to right. facilitate. Um, so I guess in some respects, it's just like the temperature they've taken on this on these Nets talks and just like how long do they really think this could take if it's going to happen at all. What is concerning, though, with Buddy Heald is that his percentages from behind the arc have dropped pretty starkly over the last few seasons. Like you got to go back to the 2018-19 season where he shot above 40%. He was at 37% rounding up last season. And other than a 29-game sample size last season after getting traded to Indiana, his overall percentages from the field have dropped pretty steeply over the last few years. He's only 43% on his career. And, like, 
He's shown some flashes of playmaking over his career, but, no, but if he's, he's not, not a, if he's not, no, he's a shooter. If he's not shooting, right, then, exactly. And but I mean, look, I mean, two two seasons ago, he was at thirty nine percent, right? You know, but I'm just saying that, that would be fine. He it'd be fine, but it's not what made Buddy Healed Buddy Healed when he was above forty percent, right? Forty three, like, then forty three. Right. I mean, you know, that's right, when. Sure. Look, he's going to be like you mentioned. He's going to provide gravity matter what because you're not going to ever on purpose by design leave buddy healed open and just drawing defenders with lebron and ad is in and of itself valuable i do have some concerns though that he's not going to make defenses pay for you know pay for those shots as much as you would expect that i've had some i mean you know that before the westbrook deal happened i would have taken healed over westbrook but I was not that wild at the prospect of bringing in Buddy Heald. Mm-hmm. No, you had some. You had some reserves. Here's the question I want to ask you. Maybe we'll do we'll we'll do this for Friday because there's a bunch of stuff that comes out of this that's both sort of literal Buddy Heald, uh, Buddy Heald, you know, Miles Turner. Uh, in that case, it really would be or Kyrie Irving. Absolutely. Um, and and how, and then sort of more broadly, like what you think any of these trades really do for the Lakers? What is the what should be the biggest objective for the Lakers in a trade that they make? Is it to get the best player, Kyrie Irving? Is it to figure out a way to get the most depth? Um, like if you could get three players from Indiana, would that be better than just getting one from um, from from? from the nets should you demand the nets throw in extra players if that's you know what the they they can, they can only kind of choose one path here it seems like so for friday show let's talk about that and then we'll get back into some of this stuff because i know you have some things about westbrook that make this whole dynamic uh going forward really kind of fascinating and that sort of self-awareness of Russell Westbrook. So a lot to get into for Friday's show. Uh, Locked on Lakers is where you go to get the the uh, the the broadcast a little early. You get to see us. You get to see a little bit of a different show. It's worth subscribing there. And of My course, background. Uh, yes, the visuals are stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, thanks to everybody for making Locked on Lakers your first listen of every day. We'll see you on Friday.